Hey guys, and welcome back to The Outer Rim. I'm Gabe Green, and today with the help of one of my fellow Outer Rim admins, we'll be talking about the latest episode of The Bad Batch. And today, I am here with Drew. What's up, man? The faceless man has returned. Yep, still no webcam. All right. Um, so today, it is episode five called Rampage. This one was uh, written by Tamara B uh, Beecher Wilkinson. Um, she's done a lot of writing on Marvel and DC shows like uh, Daredevil, Doom Patrol, Iron Fist, and The Runaway Runaways. Um, two of those are good. Uh, it is directed by Stuart Lee. Um, some of the guest stars, you have uh, Rhea Perlman as Sid. Um, I'm not very familiar with her, but apparently she was on Cheers, which I didn't watch. I'm 26, just my time um and uh matthew wood uh comes back as a bib fortuna he's having a big uh, kind of a resurgence as that character in, re in recent years um so in this one you have the bad batch trying to find information on fennec shand they go and meet up with uh trandoshan not a, not exactly a crime boss but someone who's p pulling a lot of strings and has fingers in a lot of pies and she she gives them a job to go rescue um a child uh, from some Zygerian slavers. They do it. It turns out to be Rancor. Hijinks ensue. You know, they save the day and they give the Rancor to Bib Fortuna in the end, um, which is a really weird beat I'm going to talk about later. Uh, but this this was fun. I, like, I've, I've, I've said this about pretty much every episode so far. I like it. It's fun. Like, the, they haven't had a great one yet, but they've had a lot of really consistently good ones. Um, and this was no exception, at least for me. What do you think? Yeah, um, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I think, like, aside from the first episode, this might be my favorite one. I don't know why. I just, like, really, really enjoyed this one. Um, the action was, like, really good. Um, and mm -hmm. I really liked the... I, I can't remember uh, what race of aliens they're called. Zygerians? But, yeah, yeah. I really like their design in this episode. Mm -hmm. I just thought they were really interesting and kind of like different from like what we generally see in Star Wars. Um, I, I, I love the concept of just this, this ancient slave empire that was kept down by the Republic and now, now the Jedi are gone. They're trying to you know come back and reclaim what they had. Um, yeah, they were they were fun villains. Just yeah, yeah, as you said, the design was a really strong element of their three uh, three or four episodes in the Clone Wars. Um, mm -hmm. So coming back as an episodic villain was fun. Um, again, I just I, I at this point, I think Baby Yoda is gonna have to go on the back burner because I think Omega with her very own communicator is the most adorable thing in all of Star Wars at the moment. It's just I don't make the rules. That's that's what happened. Just gotta deal with the baby Yoda. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's just and, and uh, I think the, the actress is I believe it's Michelle Ang. I don't I don't know what it is about her line delivery, but every line she has, particularly the way she voices them when she in the communicator, I it just it is the cutest thing ever to me. And her her, her uh, little uh, New Zealand accent is just so so sweet. I just I just love this little character. Um, yeah. And it could have gone wrong in so many ways. Um, and so, uh, and I love that 
when they land on uh, Ord Mantell, they, they now have a bunch of ground rules for Omega for when they're in, going into places. And it's like, they're all incredibly ignorant about the world. They make all these mistakes, but I love that they never make the same mistake twice. They always, they're always learning. It's like every new episode, you're seeing how they're implementing the lessons they learned from the previous, uh, previous episode into this one. And I, and I, I, that's one thing I like about how, how uh, serialized it is. Well, it's not entirely serialized. Each episode definitely has its own adventure of the week, but it's found a nice balance to where you can have that adventure of the week, but also there is a very clear feeling of continuation to where you're you're definitely rewarded for keeping up and paying attention. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you were mentioning, how they kind of lay these like ground rules for Omega each episode. Because like, last week... Uh, you know, like she went off and like ran off on her own and everything, and then this week they're like, "All right, we're not running <laughs> off this time." Um, no talking to strangers. Yeah, no talking to strangers. Um, even though I mean, like she kind of she kind of went against that, you know, just going up to Sid and just randomly like talking to him and everything. Interesting uh, though, another po- another possible hint of her maybe being force sensitive, or maybe she's just perspe- really perceptive, and the and the other clones are dense. I don't know, but she, um, you know, the, the clones are all confused, but she goes and realizes, obviously, you're Sid. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I like that. Uh, Sid's line, like, clearly, the kids, the brains of the op- the, uh, the brains of the operation, and Record just puts out his hand for a high five. <laughs> that i i love the subtle humor that they keep having like just these like little moments that if you blinked you would miss but if you just like pay attention you can see like wrecker and omega like doing like these little like subtle like humorous things and i think it's just great so far (laughs) or uh tech uh complaining that echo is withholding uh you know pertinent information after like he's been doing that all throughout the show Mm -hmm. um yeah, funny, fun things like that. Um, interestingly, I, I feel like they're kind of shaping Echo to be both the grumpy, the grumpy one on the crew now that Crosshair is gone, but also kind of the moral compass. Um, like he seems to be very troubled by the notion of being of you know doing mercenary work. Also, like he's the one explaining to um, to Omega like. You know what slavery is, and you know what it means to, you know, buy and sell another person like property. And I, I kind of wish that, like, they're having a conversation about you know treating people like property, but they never get to question the ethics of cloning. Yeah, <laughs> like I felt like a little bit of a missed opportunity. Um, but I guess it brings up a question: Were the clones paid? I. Yeah. I you know I don't know honestly like I feel like they probably weren't or if they were it wasn't much. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that that's a conversation that it's been hinted at, but I think I would love to see it happen. Um, you kind of explicitly at some point somewhere, and this is a show about clones, so why not? Yeah, like that. That's honestly like a really great question because I've never really thought about it much before. I feel like they probably weren't paid because like cloning alone was super expensive for the republic so <laughs> it's like do they want to dish out more money like i don't know yeah um so then we go and we have this the scene with the zygerians and i i have mixed feelings on how Muchi has handled it like in the last two minutes 
Uh, but the whole rampaging through the camp and just watching the slave traders just get thrown every which way was a lot of fun. Um, it's just the, the way the whole sequence plays out. I, I like that, like, like, they avoid a cliche, again, like a, a child character cliche, like when uh, Hunter first tells Omega, like, no, you stay on the ship. Every other show would have had her, you know, disobey, come in, get caught, and be the reason that the Bad Batch is caught. Like, no, she goes back to the ship. But, but then they come and search the ship so she has to leave. Like, it, it it allows her to be intelligent and not annoying, but also, you know, come to the rescue. And, and it's just, it, it feels a lot more clever and involved than some, most other child character scripts that, that you see. Yeah, that's, that's honestly, like, why I'm really enjoying her character, because... They aren't making her like this really tropey, like annoying child character that you see in every other form of media. And it's like really refreshing to have like kind of like a mature take on like a child character and mm -hmm. like make a character that actually like has depth to her. And yeah, like she's just they've done a great job with her so far. Yeah. Uh, and so what are your thoughts on uh, Moochie the Rancor? Um, I, I honestly don't know what to feel. Like, I mean, I liked the episode and, like, I thought the character, like, was fun. But at the same time, like, it's really weird. I, I don't, I don't know if I'm comfortable with making Rancor's cute. It just feels wrong. Yeah. Also, so, is she the Rancor whose head gets crushed by Luke in Return of the Jedi? Like, like the, from what I hear, like... They're, 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 the Rancor was male and has a name, but that's just like a w Wikipedia article. Those things are very subject to change. Like, I, those follow the movies. The movies don't follow the shows. The shows don't follow Wikipedia. Um, but, like, so as far as we know now, it's different, but also how many Rancors does Bib Fortuna deal with, with you know, with Jabba? It's, it's odd. It's, it's a really odd choice. Like, if this is the Rancor Luke kills, why are you making it adorable? Yeah. And like a friend of children now, it's it's such a strange choice. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just have a dark sense of humor, you know? Very, very dark. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bib Fortuna comes back. And like He's like really attached to Moochie and then they go in for a hug. Like I don't understand any of this. It was really weird, but thankfully it's all isolated. Like the last two minutes of the episode, um, mm. it would have been really annoying if the whole episode was like, "Oh, cute Rancor," because that's something they've done. In some of these animated shows that happened in Rebels, happened in Resistance. I can't. Did Clone Wars have a cute episode? A cute animal? You know, cute monster arc uh, or episode? <laughs> I mean, you had the Zillow Beast, but that doesn't really count. Um, but just like, oh, the monster—they're misunderstood, and like, I. I don't like that, so I'm glad it, it didn't really dominate the episode. Um, then we go to the end. Uh, I love Sid calls uh, Hunter, hey, you, dark and broody, in here. <laughs> um, she, she's great. Uh, Rhea, Rhea Perlman, uh, really mm -hmm. fun, fun voice. Uh, but she gives them the info on Fennec that she, was, she wasn't hired through the guild. It was a direct commission. Um which I like the just cool bit of world building that we got, you know, from, from basically building off of Mando. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we get a, I, I love the final line of the episode. You know, you fellas must be pretty valuable. Don't worry. 
I'm good with secrets. And she just has that that smirk and Hunter looks <laughs> very, very uncomfortable. It's yeah. like, just end your episode with the implicit threat of blackmail. That's awesome. I love it. Um, I, th- I think she's got to be a fun character because you can, I can see her easily, believably going either way, either a fr- being a friend or, or an out, al- you know, a friend or a, an enemy or completely neutral. Like I think you said really they're adding, as I said in uh, previous reviews, I think with the, with Orion, I love how they're, they're just adding more and more um, factions and interests and groups that ha- have their own, um, you know, reasons for doing what they're doing where they can either team up or bounce off each other. It's just a lot. It could be a lot of fun dynamics. Mm. And then I feel like I, I have no clue if they've said, if they've like really stated or not that this was just like a one season show. Um, but if they're planning on doing more, like the way that they're setting up all these characters, like, I really feel like they, they have so much room. I mean, like not even just in this show, but like, we could see some of these characters and a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they're setting everything up. Yeah. The Clone Wars is it's a very, ex- these are expensive shows to do. So a lot of that has to do with probably the reception of the amount of viewership it gets. Um, so uh, one thing I noticed is that uh, Crosshair hasn't been around in a while. I, I kind of, I hope that like, we'll just be on one of our happy missions and then just, you know, blaster bolts will start flying out of nowhere like he'll just come out come in from the side and like you know kick their kick their butts randomly like it'd be fun if he just kind of just swoops in um rather than like just a whole episode of him like they've had um i think like having him out there like he's he's a sniper so like out there waiting to strike out of eyesight i think is would be a really cool threat to have hanging over their heads yeah definitely um also i don't know if you noticed this but like so Wrecker has like always been like hitting his head in like pretty much every episode <laughs> i don't um, i don't think boxing with a rancor was a good idea for his uh true, his true. neural state but yeah like so this episode and, and like i noticed some of it last episode too but this episode he's like really like he's like oh i got a headache or like whatever he says mm-hmm. and i'm and like I noticed, like, he was kind of holding his hand kind of where, like, most of the clones get their inhibitor chip removed, or chip removed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if they're, like, setting up something where, like, he, his inhibitor chip, like, might get activated or something like that. Like, yeah, we, we talked about this la- last week. Like, that's a, 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 a murderous wrecker, like, on that tiny ship. That's, like, a legitimately scary thought. Yeah. Like he's a, a big lovable goof but what if he turns evil um, yeah especially after all this character development that they've like this relationship that they've been building with him and omega dude that would be heartbreaking <laughs> oh i'm not ready uh speaking of omega i love that uh actually speaking of wrecker i, I love this there's a running gag of like every other episode he's in the background doing a different type of exercise with the gong droid um <laughs> Like this week, he, he was like doing squats with it, um, and uh, yeah. Then the final thing I wanted to mention is that Omega ha- seems to have found her own unique weapon with the uh, Zygerian energy bow, which is a cool looking thing. It is. It's a really interesting design. So, I, lo- I love when characters got to get their own unique thing. Um, that seems to be hers. Um, anything else you want to mention before you head out? Sorry. Oh, I was just saying now she needs to get her own set of armor. 
Oh my gosh. It's be so cute. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I can imagine towards the end of the season someone presenting her that as like a present and I'm gonna cry. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, Alright, anything else that you wanna mention? Uh, I think that's mostly it. There wasn't like too much that happened in this episode, despite it being like super fun. Yeah. All right. Um, so I hope you enjoyed our review of Rampage. And if you did, uh, please come and join us uh, in the Outdoor Rim a Star Wars group on Facebook. Uh, it's dedicated to positive and constructive Star Wars discussion. Obviously, like this video and subscribe to the channel for more reviews. And I keep forgetting to mention this at the opening, um, but all the audio for these reviews is going on to my podcast feed called Franchise Fatigue Podcasts. Um, if you don't want to bother watching the video, which you've already watched at this point, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you can go over to that to the podcast feed um, and subscribe there, and it'll all go there. Um, so next week, we will be back with uh, episode six. See you then. <laughs>